This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name is Jessica Weckerlin. I am here with my bestie, Laurie Wallace. Hey, friends. What's up? Today, we are going to be exploring the subject of self-sabotage. Yikes. I know this one well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into self-sabotage, let's get into this week's Badass of the Week. Take it away, Laurie. I'm so excited about this week's Badass of the Week because she is an amazing friend and healer and all around like super wise medicine woman, uh, Kim McLaughlin, who is the owner of the Ceiling Ceiling Center for Healing Arts in uh, Fort Worth. Kim and I go way back. She's been doing acupuncture and different healing treatments on me for like 15, 17, something like years. I don't know, a really long time. Um, And has seen me through so much transformation and trauma and processing and up-leveling. But I have also watched her go through, you know, like her own journey growing through different parts of her career and life. She's just such an amazing inspiration of like a independent women owned business that has taken off and is thriving in really amazing ways. And I'm so excited because um, I'm going to be participating and Jessica too in a lot of really great events that are going on at the Center for Healing Arts over the next several months. And so we're excited to have Kim on the show to share what it is that she does and what happens at her center and just all the really cool healing modalities that are available out there. So Kim, get on this podcast. Let's talk about all the good things healing. And now let's dig into uh, self-sabotage. Yes. Um, master self-sabotager here. <laughs> Same. Um, when you look in the mirror and you realize, like, <laughs> how fucked up it is, like, what you do to yourself, <laughs> it's upsetting, to say the least. But yeah. it's a growing experience. I mean... That's that's part of what the Badass Ladies Club is all about. 100%. It's about owning your own shit, looking yourself in the mirror and saying, fuck, this is what I do, but this is how, these are the tools I'm going to use to change it. Yes. Um, which, you know, Laurie and I have been on our own healing journeys separately, but doing it at the same time together. And it's been so awesome. And I feel like we've grown even closer as friends, but like the immense amount of growth that Laurie and I have seen in each other individually has been so transformational over the past month. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Like literally four weeks, like maybe. I kind of feel like I am a totally new person, like every 10 to 12 days right now. Yeah, Um, for sure. But um, that's for another episode. I can't wait to bring you guys on the healing journey that we're on, but we're not going to get into like the specifics of that. I'm definitely not ready to share, but um, I feel like a lot of the work that we've done does have to do with what we're talking about Absolutely. That recognizing our own role in how we've sabotaged the things that we say we want um, Mm -hmm. is a big 
step in healing and also just like being able to identify, oh, when I'm doing this, what I'm really doing is just trying to sabotage my, you know, like greater goal. And so recognizing those cues is kind of what today's episode is all about, you know? Um, I will say one more thing about my own personal healing journey. I've said on the podcast before that I love therapy Mm. and I truly do. Like, I think that therapy is a great tool, but in the healing that I've done over the past few weeks, um, with a specific healer, oh my God, I can't wait to bring her on. (laughs) She's going to be amazing. She's so great. Um, What I talked to her about was, you know, I love therapy, but I swear to God, if another person asks me, well, how does that make you feel? Right. I'm going to be like, I feel like shit. Right. It super sucks. It sucks. (laughs) But I don't care how it makes me feel. I can deal with how it makes me feel. I want tools to not feel (laughs) like what can I do to not self-sabotage myself and get myself in this vicious cycle to where I put myself in the same position over and over and over again and getting spanked with the same lesson over and over and over again. Well, and when you notice the patterns, yes, then you can really zoom out a little bit and be like, oh, I see what I'm doing here. You know, like what that looks like. So, so to avoid feeling like shit, This is the process of getting there. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to start with this. Self-sabotage is, in my experience, has a lot to do with, like, how much humans like to be right. Mm. And so if I say something or I believe something that is maybe an old story of mine, you know, that I've repeated over and over again, um, that I want to be right. And so when things start to go right for me, I will sabotage that, you know, like, so my negative shitty thinking is right, you know, Um, and that that kind of becomes this identity thing, which I know for myself and you and I have talked about this before, letting go of the identity of who you thought you were. That shit is hard, you know, like hard because you've been telling yourself this story over and over. And turns out you don't even freaking know yourself and you don't know where that story came from. And you're operating from like ancient beliefs that weren't even yours in the first place, you know, like so self-sabotage is something that every human does some become aware of it and start to move the needle, you know, like, so they can get around it. And then some of us stay trapped in it. And I'm what I'm learning anyway, is that just because you figured out your self-sabotage patterns in one area of your life does not mean that they are not like raging in another area of your life. Um, so it is a process, you know, like nobody's perfect. We all like fall back into old habits, but just that consistent. And probably will for the rest of yes. our lives. Like it's the human experience. Yeah. It, and being a human is messy. Totally. And that's another thing is that like, guys, you have to surround yourself with people who understand Mm -hmm. that you're messy. You're a messy human and anyone worth having in your corner and in your circle is going to love the messy parts of you. Um, doesn't necessarily mean they have to stick around if you're being an asshole. I'm just saying that people who are worth having in your corner will understand that 
the messy human experience is something that is a constant work in progress. Yes. And that they'll appreciate the beautiful parts of that because Mm -hmm. there's something really glorious and beautiful about recognizing your own mess and saying, okay, so now I'm going to start to overcome and heal that and move through that. Yes. So as long as you're like forward momentum into the mess to get on the other side, then I'm saying hang with people, you know, like when they're not willing to recognize that it's a problem and which leads into the first trigger of self-sabotage. Okay. Which is this whole like pity party victim mentality. So if when things don't go right, in whatever circumstance you're dealing with and you immediately fall into that victim mentality where you're like, so-and-so did this to me, you know, and now I feel like that or poor me, things never go right for me. This is what always happens every time, you know, like as soon as you start to hear those narratives in your head, you have to recognize that this is an opportunity for you to reinforce the old negative story in your head. Life isn't happening to you. You're happening to life. Right. And that's completely within your control. And sure, shit happens. Things are hard. It is out of your control. Like, shit's hard. Um, But you kind of have a choice to, like, pull the victim card or not. And that victim card is a total self-sabotage thing. Because if you just tell yourself, like, oh, this always happens to me, well, you're right. Then guess what? Yeah. (laughs) It always happens to you. We've always already discussed, like, humans like to be right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other, another one of the things that is, like, a um, red flag that self-sabotage is rearing its face is that whole, like, procrastination conversation, which I think is so funny because... (laughs) I'm bad about it. Um, And I always say it's because I work well under pressure, which is true, you know. Um, But sometimes I'm really aware of the things that I want to procrastinate and put off are are the things I'm the most scared to do, Mm. which are also subsequently the things that are going to move me the furthest, the fastest, you know, and that that is... I'm not quite ready for that, so I'm just going to leave this to the side. But at the same time that I'm not ready, I'm like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, let's go, let's go, let's go. And the only reason we're not going is because I'm the one that's like, oh, but then I'm going to have to take that step, you know, Mm -hmm. and... I'm just going to put that off a little bit longer. Um, What do you think about, oh God, I don't remember what video it was. I don't know. It may have been someone like Steve Harvey or someone I don't even know. But um, how do you feel about like when people say, oh God, I wish I could remember who it was. Like that procrastination doesn't really exist. It just means that it wasn't a priority. Oh, I think that's a hundred percent the truth, you know, like that. Instead of saying, I don't have enough time, try on the, this isn't a priority to me right now. That's a lot more freeing, honestly. Yes. And <laughs> because but you have to take like, responsibility. Then. Right. But I think that that also plays into like the victim mentality yes. thing. Because I just, I don't have enough time. It's just, I don't have enough time. I try and I try and try and I don't have enough time, which um, is a continuous story of mine <laughs> that I tell myself. Um, but when I take a step back, I'm like, oh, this is all about prioritizing. Right. It's not really that I don't have the time. I could have the time. Yes. But sometimes I do need to turn my brain off and just like binge on Netflix and watch Schitt's Creek or super bad or like something that will make me laugh when I could be doing something more productive, but I kind of have to prioritize, you know, like, well, but see, I don't even think that's it because I think there's a lot of things that we make time for that aren't 
priorities. Mm-hmm. Definitely binge watching TV is one of them, but there's like a million more you can throw in there. You know, um, to your point earlier in the year, it was cleaning your house. Yeah. You know, like the, it wasn't that you couldn't do it yourself. You could. Totally. <laughs> it's a priority to you, but you didn't want to spend your time and effort doing that. So you delegated it to someone else, you know, like, so I just think that there's a million ways, (laughs) best decision ever, but it didn't mean that it wasn't a priority to you because you didn't make time for it. You just made time for it in a different way, you know, and that, that sometimes I feel like that's also part of like that narrowing mindset where you're like, well, if I don't clean my house, well, then it's going to be a wreck all the time. And I'm going to be miserable because it's bad for my mental health. And now this is just where we're at. And it goes down the spiral when, if you like, let go and maybe watch a funny movie or something and not be so obsessive about the situation that then it, it, I get these ideas like in the shower when I'm digging in the dirt, when, you know, like things just land on you and they're answers to these problems, you know, where you just let it breathe a little bit and give it some space. So yeah, it's not always about getting it done yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to make room. Well, Laurie just dissected my entire life for anyone who's interested. Um, <laughs> um, what other cues for self-sabotage or, uh, well, projecting negativity onto your future. I mean, that's kind of what we were just talking about yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like where this always happens to me. Yeah. Or what's the point in even trying? What's the point? Why should I even do that? Because it's just going to be the same story, you know, right. like, that the impending doom conversation, I guess, which also falls into the 24 hour news cycle, social media culture, like so many things. And you mentioned earlier in the episode, like surrounding yourself with people that understand that life is messy or that are there to support you on your healing journey. And, you know, like can help be a positive impact in your life. Like I can't say enough about how Badass Ladies Club has kind of become this vortex for drawing in the people we've needed to help us heal, you know, like that we just, I mean, you guys know, like if you follow the show at all, it's, we were just like, let's do a podcast about healing, you know, not even knowing what we were stepping in, you (laughs) know, (laughs) and then it, there was this like phase in there where I feel like it got kind of heavy where we were like, okay, we've been picking at all of this stuff that like hurts and are doing our best, you know, like to walk our way through it. And then the universe has just brought us this amazing support and network of, you know, women that have been there to help uh, guide us on this healing journey. And that that is what you need. Mm -hmm. You can't get over your self-sabotage. You can't step out of the place in your life that you're not happy with unless you are supported by people that are on that journey with you. And that sometimes that's hard because you got to take a look around and be like, are the people that are closest to me right now helping me move forward or are they they keeping me me stuck where I am, you know? And that is for people pleasers and codependent, you know, like recovery people like we are, that shit is hard. Well, it's not on our list, but it is a part of (laughs) self-sabotage is people pleasing. Oh, hundred percent. Like that you can't prioritize other people's needs in front of your own. Yeah. And I am the worst at this. Um, I'm getting better, you know, like I am made many strides. I really have, but that it's, um, I guess the coolest thing that I'm learning about prioritizing other people in front of me is that I 
have always been under this idea that I wanted to do it because it was what was best for them. And now I'm really seeing that it's not what's best for them and not what's best for me. You know, like it's only keeping them from having their own life lessons and experiences, you know, as they should that are coming no matter what I do anyway. You know, like it's it falls back on this whole like ego conversation. Like I'm not that much in control or in charge anyway. The fact that I'm making decisions based on what's good for other people is ridiculous, you know, and definitely self-sabotages my growth and movement forward. So, um, okay. I love this one. Um, well, I mean, this is bad, but I love like the conversation (laughs) behind it. Breaking promises to yourself. Um, daily I do this. Um, I know, but I love this conversation because, um, breaking a promise to yourself and I'm tying this into, um, addictions. Okay. okay. So the reason why maybe we as messy humans drink a little too much, use drugs, uh, overeat, don't eat, you know, I mean, that kind of scroll our phones for hours and hours mindlessly. Yeah. Like when things feel out of, um, your control and you're in this vicious cycle, it manifests in many, many different ways. Um, but you're doing that because you're not really like doing what's best for you and keeping promises to yourself. So, um, what I would challenge anybody to do is when you start recognizing your cycle and like, Oh, when I really set out to do something and maybe I'm procrastinating and I'm not doing it, or maybe I'm people pleasing and not doing it, whatever, like you find, whatever your trigger is that makes you, drink, use, abuse, you know, whatever the situation is, Mm -hmm. um, like find that trigger. And whenever you find yourself like reaching for that comforting abuse that you're doing to yourself, um, keep your promise instead. Right. And it can be a simple promise. I'm not talking like, you know, heal and become the perfect human. I'm not talking about that kind of promise. (laughs) You know, it can be small steps. And it should be small steps in the beginning because the interesting thing about keeping promises to yourself and any like therapist will tell you this, any podcaster who focuses on like really overcoming your patterns is that starting small allows you up out of that, this always happens to me Mm -hmm. mindset situation. So for example, um, I knew this, I'm scrolling back years. I knew how happy I was when I was growing plants, but I didn't have space to have a garden. I didn't really have the time or the money or the energy to like have a garden. So I started with like six potted plants on a baker's rack outside my front door, you know, and my promise to myself was that I was going to pay attention to these plants every day. They, even if it was just hanging out and taking some deep breaths and appreciating, you know, like Mm -hmm. how pretty they were. But obviously if I would go underground for four or five days a week, you know, it's like Texas, it's hot. They die, you know, like that they were a really big representation to like, was I keeping that promise to myself, you know, like based on how they were turning out and they didn't all live. Sometimes they died, you know, but in the days where I would neglect them for days on end, I would be breaking that 
promise to myself, you know, and then it would come down with like the self-defeating stuff where like, I'm glad I didn't invest hundreds right. of dollars into building a garden when you're just going to let everything die. And you know? I was right. And, why, right even why even do that? Um, that gradually I was able to keep small promises to myself. And I learned a lot of things like I suck at house plants and I'm better at outside plants, you know, but that it turned into me being able to have a garden and being able to appreciate that there's like, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And that it's a been a really uh, therapeutic thing because mm -hmm. now I'm forced to spend the time outside nurturing things. And I want to take on bigger projects, which are going to take bigger amounts of attention and, um, stair-stepping yourself into bigger promises that you're able to keep, you know, but that doesn't start without you starting really small, you know, I can totally relate to this right now because whereas Laurie has like two raised garden beds in her backyard where she's growing tomatoes, cucumbers, lavender, what you lots have an herb garden. I've got basil you, and yeah, got lots of things. Yeah. All sorts of shit. Back Echinacea. There. Yeah. Like um, I have one potted tomato plant. It all starts with one that was recently given to me. And, um, Part of my healing journey is to get connected with nature and uh, this opportunity presented itself where someone wanted to give me a tomato plant. I know nothing, <laughs> nothing about gardening, about tomatoes. I don't even really love tomatoes. That's the funniest part about all of it is that you don't get tomatoes on anything when you eat. And so when I heard you had a tomato plant, I was right. like, what? I know, I know. Um, but I hear that they taste so much better when... Night and day. Yes. So much better. So I'm going to give it a shot. If I actually grow this shit, I'm going to eat one. Yes. And maybe I'll love tomatoes. You know, that's how Aubrey started eating tomatoes. Really? Yeah. He did not like them until we started growing them. And oh now he's obsessed. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll be in a similar boat. Um, but anyway, this opportunity was presented to me to take over this tomato plant. And I was like, Oh fuck, I don't <laughs> know like what I'm doing. I know nothing about, I don't even like tomatoes, but, um, I figured it was something fun that Adelaide and I can do together. It's an opportunity for me to get connected with nature. And I've even taken it as far as practicing self like positive self-talk. Yes. But to the plant, yes. like don't nobody make fun of no, me. No, this is the way. But science says, yes, like the way you speak is like a direct indication of something thriving or not. Yes. Um, the tomato plant's name is Tate. That was the name given to it. I did not choose it, um, but I love it. Um, and so I talk to Tate all the time and I'm like, good job, buddy. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing great. And it's grown so much taller in just the few weeks that I've had it. Yeah. I don't have any tomatoes on it yet, Yeah, but, um, it's a early still. I, I'm totally digging this process that like, I don't know, even if I don't get any tomatoes off of it. Like I'm totally digging the journey yeah. and it's been so much fun. So my client Liz Strunk, if you're listening, thank you so much. Like you started something, Liz. I'm, like. I, I'm having <laughs> such a good time with Tate. It's been fun. Um, plants are alive. Yeah. Like, and just, it's the same way that like trees are alive and that you can, when you're connected to the growth of something, Gardening has this really weird thing where you like, you have to believe that 
there's going to be something amazing that's coming and you have to be patient Mm -hmm. and you can't rush it. And sometimes you're not in control of different things. Or like you sent me a picture of some fuzzy business on the leaf and you were like, what's this? And I was like, probably some random pest eating your tomato plant, you know, like, (laughs) so you have to pay attention to like changes in condition and stuff. It's, I, you know, like in high school where they make you carry on the bag of flour. I never did that, but I'm familiar. I did it. Um, I kind of feel like they should make you grow a plant instead because a plant is a lot more indicative of like, if you don't water it, it will die. Yeah. You know, like you have to feed your child or it's not going to make it, you know, like that they're, uh, so yeah, best therapy ever growing plants. What else do we have? Um, refusing to seek support. Yikes. (laughs) So this kind of goes into the, like, who's in your circle conversation that we were having earlier. Like that when you're faced with challenges because and I can speak to this just over the last four weeks like we were talking about working on your healing and your energy is kind of like this volatile up and down roller coaster thing where like you get so energized by the space that you make by letting go of some of this baggage that you don't need anymore the universe like sends you tests you know where it's like okay you're vibing high you're feeling good you're letting go of the shit that's weighing you down you're owning your stuff and now let's see how you do with this right you know that you're so close to the breakthroughs and when you get faced with opportunities to show the universe that you are stronger and able to handle what life throws at you you can be a to- it can, you can totally slide you back, you know, like you can be like, see, the shit doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? The shit doesn't work, you know? And, um, but asking for help when you're struggling from this circle of support that you have positioned around you and from people that are on similar journeys to you, in my experience is the difference between sliding back and, or being reassured that you're doing right that this is hard right now, but you are moving in the right direction, you know? And if you don't ask for that support, you can't do this alone. No. You know, like, and that is, I guess, maybe something that I'm also learning, you know, is that I do have an independent streak, not because I don't want help from people, but because I want to do it and show myself I can do it myself, you know, and that there are just some times where things are hard, where you have to ask for support and not doing that is sabotaging your growth. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, ugh, this one is so tough. Prioritizing comfort over progress. Um, All of them fall into this. Uh, yeah, um, that sometimes the fear of change is more like you'd rather stay in that than what the change is going to bring itself. Um, and that staying in that fearful place kind of keeps you in the victim mentality. So then it's not your responsibility because Mm -hmm. everything's happening to you. And as you can see, this all is a circle. Well, and the prioritizing the comfort though, I think is the hinge in that whole conversation because our brains want to be able to predict what's coming next. It's like a parasympathetic, you know, like protection mechanism where it's like, oh, we've been through this before. Even if what's coming next is bad, I still know it's coming. So I want to prioritize that comfort of knowing what's in front of me rather than let's change everything 
and shake shit up and now I don't know what's coming, that shit is terrifying for your brain, you know, where it's yeah. like, oh my God, what are we doing right now? But how much progress comes from taking the leap, from trusting the process, you know, from knowing that you don't know what's going to happen next. That's the only way progress happens, you know, like that whole thing that somebody says about uh, growth only happens on the border of chaos and order. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just sit back and be super comfortable all the time and see huge, massive, amazing change happen in your life. That's not the way it works, you know? Um, but you can't also be completely insane and jumping off of cliffs all the time, you know, and not, so it's like this happy balance between chaos and order. I was about to say, I wanted to get into this, um, where my self-sabotage manifests is adrenaline rushes. Mm. That if the chase isn't fun and if I'm not feeling that constant like chaos or adrenaline, my brain doesn't process it as peace. Mm. It processes it as boredom. Right. And then I need to move on to something else. Yeah. Um, and that I would say mostly manifests in my relationships. Um, you know, romantic or not that like, I'm kind of addicted to like constant ups and downs. And so if something's like really even keeled, I'm like, this is boring. Yeah. Um, I'm just not feeling it. Mm -hmm. So bye. You know, um, (laughs) Rather than saying, oh, maybe this is a really peaceful um, person, you know, that you need in your life to kind of like keep easy on the water rather than like hitting the waves all the time. Well, and balance is so hard to identify because every person needs things to look differently, you know. Um, But yeah, the prioritizing the comfort over progress is also about being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And based on your example, it's when things are peaceful and steady that you're uncomfortable, you know? And so it's, um, and I also think that comes from just the time that we're living through right now. Like if you look at how many tragedies happen on a daily basis. Like all of these tragedies, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them have always happened since the beginning of time. They just weren't thrust into our faces every two hours with an update, you know? So we find out all of the tragic things that happen front and center. Our brains are addicted to that constant spike of good news, bad news. Like sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's bad. No matter what, it's like an adrenaline overload, you know, that and I think about this a lot, like that, what's the, what's the goal in the healing journey is to be in a peaceful place, you know, where the world can throw anything at you and you can approach it from a matter of peace and stability. And is that even what I want? You know, like that. And so it's a really weird thing to like identify why am I doing all of this? And is the end result where I actually want to go, you know, like, well, and it's so interesting that you brought that up because I mean, this sort of has nothing to do with it, but it is, I feel like it's linked into the same conversation. Like if you wanted to like throw politics into the situation, like you were saying, what's Mm -hmm. going on in the world, we just got out of a really volatile 
administration yeah. where every day you would open the news and like something was tweeted or something was done or something was said. And it was like this constant roller coaster and spike of like, oh shit, what's happening mm -hmm. today? And that was kind of addicting. So when the new administration came in and took over and you see it all over news outlets, it's like, oh, things are kind of boring now. Right. Everything's just kind of moving. And, and I've seen people put that in like a good light and a bad light, but the people who are putting it in the bad light, I'm like, good. Right. Politics should be fucking boring. That's the you know, whole idea. Like, yeah. that's the whole idea. I miss the days where I didn't give a shit, but yeah. you know, that's not a real, a real thing anymore. Like we're all obviously like more knowledgeable and more evolved, like living through the stuff that we all have. Um, I think we're all more connected to what's going on, but yeah, I just think that that's so funny that people look at the new administration and they're like, oh, this is kind of boring. I'm like, good. I need it to be boring. Please bore me. <laughs> like, so all of these self-sabotage cues, what I feel like it comes to kind of at the pinnacle is it doesn't matter if you're talking about self-sabotage in like romantic relationships. I know for me, like I've definitely had volatile romantic relationships before where I see that, you know, like in my behavior. But I think for me, it is 100% with work relationships that I self-sabotage things. Um, and a lot of that has had to do with, like, my role in wherever I'm working at the mm -hmm. time. Or it could also just be, like, in friendships. Like, if you see patterns in your friendships where you're like, oh, we were so close and everything was awesome. And then she's dead to me now. I can't even, you know, like, that. that is another, like, really prevalent thing that you pay attention to. So it doesn't matter what kind of relationship you're talking about. That if you don't identify how you self-sabotage, then when you're moving forward into future work, romantic friendships, then you end up projecting your baggage onto these new relationships, which sets you up for the same cycle. So it's your responsibility to figure out how you sabotage your relationships and learn to heal from that so you're not projecting that shit on other people because that is wrong. Well, and let's get down to the nitty gritty, which we don't really have <laughs> total time to get down. The root of all your self-sabotaging bullshit comes from your childhood trauma. All, all of it. All of it. So... What happened to you is not your fault. No. It is not your fault. And I can't say that enough, guys. What happened to you is not your fault. What you do with it as an adult is 1,000% your responsibility. And whatever happened to you that wasn't your fault doesn't deserve to be the foundation of how you make relationships happen moving mm -hmm. forward. You know, like... the and unconsciously we do that, you know, like we just recreate that same thing in one way or the other. So being conscious of it, I guess, is like the first step. And then once you're conscious of it, you got to do something with that. You can't just like know that you act like that and then continue to have that same story go on. Because think about where that got you in the first place, you know? And so, yeah, the pinnacle of self-sabotage is how do we nip it in the bud so we're able to have more productive relationships moving forward? Because like we've mentioned so many times, like the secret to the universe is relationships, man. So, like you can't move your life forward and you definitely can't move a healing journey forward without 
healthy relationships. Right. Yeah. All right. If this episode, like, made you angry with us, we understand. <laughs> um, it's we kind were a of, little mad at ourselves for doing it. I feel like maybe we have a bit of a fetish with, like, <laughs> smacking ourselves in the face with our we're own lessons. Like, it's true. But <laughs> if it resonated with you, if it hit a nerve, um, give us all the feedback. Get on Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Uh, share this with a friend. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Thank you.